What's up, friends? Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we have with us Sammy Asivas and Afi Janjua. They dropped in, some of them on short notice, and we had a really cool conversation just about their unlikely friendship. They talked about ministry, about worship, some of the hurdles that they personally have faced. And it was an awesome time just to hear one another out, even about some just personal kind of being transparent with one another. So go ahead and check this one out. Share it with your friends. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, do so on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. Much love. All right. Well, should we get started with this? Go for it. All right, man. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to get together with our friends. I pray and I ask, Father, that you would have your Holy Spirit guide this conversation, that you would just rekindle friendship, Father, as iron mm. sharpens iron. I pray, Lord, that you would use this, Father, in other believers' lives, use this in even non-believers' lives. I pray, Father, that we would just be careful, Lord God. And may we have fun. May your spirit just continue to move in us and through us. We love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Redeem yeah. Podcast EP26. We got with us Sammy Asivas and Afi Janjua. What's Yo. up, guys? What's up? Has it been that long? <laughs> yeah, bro. What's so up? It's crazy, man. Episode Dang. 26. By the way, this wow. is too. We're having a, a return of some guests today. Uh, Abby was like my second podcast, I think I, I ordered my no, third. it's some well, fourth or fifth, because I remember there was Sammy mm -hmm. before me, and then there was, I think, two or three other people. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, and you had Chachi before me. Okay. So I wow. think, so Chachi was two then. May, something like that. Well, I think Nick was two. See? So okay, <laughs> then, then he's right. So it, it went yeah. me, I was the first, uh -huh. and then Nick. And then Chachi. Yeah. Pull up the YouTube Sammy. on that. No, yeah. <laughs> and then I think Appy went after me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And that's Something when it was. Like that. But now we got them both together at the table. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about how your guys' friendship started. Bro, we don't know. We don't even know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's interesting because when he told me, so initially it was going to be you on the podcast, right? And then you're like, you asked like, hey, you mind if Sammy comes along? Because you guys fellowship and hang out a lot. And when he yeah. told me that, I was like, Really? They hang out like this? <laughs> so how did you guys, how did you, how did you guys, you can't I, remember, huh? I'm pretty sure it was at Bible college. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing 90% of how it went was I heard him lead worship at chapel or something like that from mm -hmm. Bible college. Probably went up, complimented him. Sammy, you're a beautiful singer. <laughs> how can I be just like you? Just kidding. <laughs> but um, I don't know from there, like every time we would talk, it was just like fellowship. It was we're getting closer, getting to know each other. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, dude, this guy leads worship and he mm. has such a beautiful mindset on worship. Mm. So um, I feel like I've hung out with you guys at the same time before, too. No, this is the first. No way. That's crazy. This is the first. Hmm. Unless you know something. That I we... feel, no, it's the spirit, dude. He just oh, okay. makes me feel like I've been in this situation before. <laughs> <laughs> some, some deja vu. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with like, that, dude. Right on. And then they're both wearing black with the black frame glasses. <laughs> it's, like they're glasses. Bro it's like they're brothers, yeah. dude. <laughs> there That's funny, oh, man. Right on. You know, it's just been cool. I mean, yeah. like, just in general with Bible college, you know, like it brings people together. Mm. You know, you're united by this passion to learn more about the Lord, about Jesus. 
And, um, you know, that's how Sal and I became friends. That's how he and I became friends. And mm-hmm. even you, I mean, except for it wasn't Bible college, but it was united from that through, through that desire, connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I can't remember when we exactly started talking, but I know one time specifically I invited Sammy to a young adult Bible study I was teaching at my church in La Habra that I was going to. And I was surprised when he said yes. I was like, dude, this guy leads at Golden Springs. He's not going to go, but he did, mm. you know, and we went, we met up at, I think, 85 degrees or something like that. Yes. We're in a park. Mm. We just talked and it was awesome. Mm. You know, from that point on, like, I think the friendship just started growing. And do you remember much about that? That was in 2018. 2018? That was in 2018. Because mm. I had just had a, a situation in my life that had just ended in, and it was in that area. And, and, uh. He's like, yeah, I come out, you know, to the study in, in La Mirada. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, and, but, but I did. And that was actually the first time I got to meet him. And after he started sharing me, like his, we started, so, you know, what's your testimony? And um, mm. I shared with him about what I was going through. And then he shared me about his past and, you know, mm. how he was, you know, born, you know, Muslim. Some raised Muslim. Yeah, yeah. And how he grew up out of that. And he was the only one in his family that got saved and, that always, I, I'm, I love culture. Sure. So for me, like I, it doesn't matter who it is. Gravitate towards. I gravitate yeah. towards it. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So that's just me. And um, it's interesting because in December, yeah, the end of the year, towards the, in January, I was really, I was really asking the Lord, Lord, I need somebody in my life that I can, you know, fellowship with, just because mm. I don't. You know, I know I know things are going to be changing for me, and I don't know what the year is going to hold. And I had been praying for that. And not long after that, we started talking. Lo and behold. And it was really weird. And I mm. told him, I said, dude, I've been praying to the Lord mm. to give me, like, a, a friend that I could, like, yep. bounce stuff off of. I mean, I have – there's only – there's two other brothers that, that I – I, I talked to, but they live long distance, sure. you know, so, and we, we talk, you know, on the phone and stuff, just because accountability partners, if you yeah, will, but yeah. we're close yeah. friends, but I, I don't see them sure. very often. And so I've been praying like, Lord, I want somebody tangible here. Mm. And lo and behold, after I just started talking, all of a sudden, yeah. boom, it's not happened. Go ahead. That, that, that kind of, uh, is interesting because here you were raised um, in the Muslim faith, and then Sammy was raised in the Christian faith, right? Yes. I mean, you were singing when you were a little kid, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I've seen footage of you. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. They've blown it up every once in a while on the oh, show. Yeah. When you were a little dude, and you're like yes. singing, you know. Mm-hmm. But but um, what stands out to me is, you know, as you go through seasons in your life, you know, when there's a lot uh, because. As the pages turn as Christians, you have just as much that is being taken away from you as you have that's being added to you. And that's part of walking as a Christian, right? And that is that two things are being said about us constantly as Christians and that we're we're constantly dying to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Dying daily, the scripture would say. But also we are constantly becoming new men in the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And so inevitably life as a Christian reflects that too. You have so many parts of you that are, the Lord will bring you through a refining fire, if you, if you may. And, and so many parts of you will be burned off, but with the page turning in chapters of life. And as you meet people who have different gifts, different anointings, 
you are, things are brought into your life that you didn't know anything about, you know, that you've never had that kind of conversation. So that's what's kind of interesting about your, your story, what you were saying, you were going through the closing of a chapter in your life that was super tough. And then you're entering in, you're like, Lord, I need some more fellowship. And then God brings a guy who, mm-hmm. who is, who is uniquely gifted, dude, I'll say from, from what I've, I've conversated about with dude. So yeah, I felt the same way. Like Sammy did when I was in Bible college, cause I was, just single and it's good to have friends bro when you're when you're yeah. single you know yes. and after he in class said that he came from a muslim background so after class i went up to him and was like you were muslim tell me more <laughs> <laughs> you know it just, i wanted to hear that story and yeah if you guys uh go we, back and yeah. watch the podcast where i actually interviewed him on it um mm. how did you have any uh backlash after that that interview I did. <laughs> no way. Yeah, you I did. did. So um, I had posted about it on my, I don't know how long after, because that was in April or something. I think so. Something like that. But um, yeah, I want to. Yeah, it was. I can't remember. Was it December mm-hmm. I texted you about it? But um, I think so. I guess one of my family members, I don't know who specifically, but one of my family members found me on Instagram. So they looked on my uh, tagged in posts and everything like, you know, seeing what I'm tagged in. They probably scrolled through my Instagram and they found that I was tagged in the redeemed podcast saying that Mm -hmm. I was going to be speaking on my, you know, um, kind of testimony coming from Islam to atheism to where I'm at right now. And they showed my mom. (laughs) Oh, no way. Oh, my gosh. So my mom hit on me, dude. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Oh, man. I love Sal. That's like, you have such a quick... I've always loved that about you, dude. Oh, man. I'm always sorry. loved it about you. But what did your mom do? Not yet. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. But, um, so uh, I guess they watched parts of it and they, you know, sent it to my mom and they said, hey, here's your son's Instagram. And just letting you know, he's also in this video where he's kind of talking about leaving Islam and things like that. Mm. I don't know exactly how that conversation went, but, um, you know, my mom, I guess she created an Instagram herself, looked me up, found all my posts, things like that. You know, and on my Instagram, I have so much about the Lord. Like, you know, I've talked about my previous pastors. I have posts about men's retreats. I have posts about my baptism, missions trips, different things like that. So she saw all that. She brought it up when we talked about it later. And then she also found that video as well, that tag. And she went on, I guess, the profile, went on the YouTube link and watched parts of Mm. the video. Mm. Hopefully she was ministered to. Hopefully. You know, that's a hope. She didn't say anything too terrible about it. She just, you know, kind of said, you know, this is further like brainwashing almost, Mm. you know, like someone's trying to get you to talk about your testimony and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. She didn't use that word, but, you know. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, she was just like, you know, and they're just trying to further, I, I don't know how to properly put the words. I'm trying to do it the best as I can because sure. my mom speaks in Urdu, which is, you know, our language from Pakistan. So she was kind of just basically saying by them telling you to talk about this further, what they're doing is trying to keep you grounded in that you know, that's kind of interesting that hmm. you say that, Afi, because one of my convictions, I know we were joking about how Christians are always drawn towards like, oh, this guy was once a Muslim. One of my convictions, personally, I'm speaking, 
is to not do that actually, because, um, because I feel like it generalizes instead of personalizes. Right. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, um, uh, happens often too with the topic of homosexuality, like, mm-hmm. like, um, we're a church and, and, and a friend brings a friend that's gay or something to church. And right away you can sense the evangelical Christians or the ones that are involved in ministry. Like, you know, they're, they're sort of excited or they think, you know, yeah. and, and what it does is it, it separates the humanity importance of an individual. So whatever a person's background is or where they came from, their importance isn't heightened or lessened depending yeah. on their testimony. Right. So, absolutely. Um, so there's like a, a conviction I have about that. And another thing that I feel personally, one of the things the Lord has spoken to me about is I never want to be guilty of tactics when it comes to unveiling truth. Right. So I'm never like figuring out a way as a salesman or, figure out a way that I could, you know, further Christianity and that I could kind of like use this or what this person has for, I never want to be that because I I believe Sean was talking about this a little bit last night when he had to take over the Bible study. Um, He was talking about when you're transparent and truth, truth doesn't have like, it doesn't have like tactics. It's just, it's just truth. You're just telling the truth, you know? And I got to watch your your testimony, and I feel like that's all that you were doing, you know. But it, but it's interesting that I'm 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 actually drawn into the story about your mom and how she feels about it because I want to learn from that. I want to learn how to avoid seeming like you know we're sort of puppeting somebody up as. Look at look what we have over here. Mm. Here we have the Muslim, you know, who or former Muslim, you know, which is really what the offense yeah. could be from the culture standpoint. Like, oh, look at they they got our son and they have him over there and they're like bringing him to these different places, having him right. tell a story, right? And that's kind of what she was mentioning, right? For yeah. lack of better words. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm I'm I I like I like that you brought that up. Um, I think that's important for because one of the things that this podcast is is it's an opportunity for Christians to listen in and for iron to sharpen iron as they listen to us talk about things. Right. And I feel like that's a teachable moment for anybody that might be listening yeah. that, you know, the importance level of an individual is because they are a soul that Christ died mm-hmm. for and not mm-hmm. because their story is a potential catapult for what we're doing. Yeah. It happens a lot with celebrities. And you know, the thing about it though, is that, for anyone, it's not just for someone with my background, but for you guys as well, for Sammy, for you, for Sal, you have to make your faith your own, mm. you know, that way anyone that sees it, you know, like they say it all the time, you know, your parents' faith is not going to save you, yep. you know, just, and parents have to think that for their kids too. They can't think, oh, just because I'm a Christian, my son or daughter is falling under that, mm-hmm. you know, so what was important for me when I came to the Lord and my mom started really seeing me go to church and it's not just a phase, not just an experiment that I'm doing. You know, what was important for me was her seeing that my studying of Christianity, my, you know, going to church, it's not because anyone's asking me to go. It's because I want to learn more. It's because I want to serve. It's because, you know, I came to a personal relationship with Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, every time we talk, I always make sure to let her know I study this. You didn't get sold on something. Yeah. You sought it out and found. Yeah. I never, especially when talking to my mom, I don't think I've ever said, Pastor so-and-so said this. Mm. Pastor so-and-so said this. I said, I've found that God's truth is this. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I share. I wonder mm. if that's important for all of us to make a little bit of that adjustment. Not that we shouldn't quote our favorite pastors. No. But the reality that there is no third party Christianity, right? That that we won't be able to stand before the Lord and say, Well, my mom and dad were these people or they did this, or I, I came from this church and my pastor was, you know, that it's all gonna be where we're at with Christ, and yet Christians can fall victim to feeling a false sense of security because of the the company they keep, you know, that, Oh, I'm with solid people and they're studying and they told me. So since I'm trusting that they study, I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know, Hmm. which is exactly what most religions find false hope in even other religions, right. And that they're standing or sitting next to somebody that they think is smart or intelligent or studied or knows history or knows the, the foundations of what we believe. And so then they could just, be byproducts of whatever that person is, you know? Exactly. When the Bible says that Jesus taught with authority, it was his personal relationship with the father. Yeah. Being that he was Jesus, God too, being able to do that. And I think when we have that personal relationship with Jesus, that gives us an authority in a sense to speak that truth. Yeah. Do you ever feel like people might have even, I mean, gosh, you could even say if I've ever done this, like maybe put you in that mold of, look at this is the guy and you get kind of like, ah, Absolutely. like okay <laughs> Dude, i'm sorry if i ever <laughs> no, 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 made you feel I'm, that way bro <laughs> i'm not saying you specifically okay. i think it's just um you know like i guess like for the church i used to go to and mm-hmm. i you know just for the sake of being in a, yeah. on a podcast where other people will listen i'm not saying anything bad about the church or anything like that it's just i think there's a what's the word novelty around the fact of someone coming from Islam and coming to the Lord Mm -hmm. because of where we live. It's mostly a say um, Hispanic kind of background where it's either someone came Mm -hmm. from Catholicism Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. It's not so common where if you were obviously to say live in the middle East or somewhere like that, Mm -hmm. You know, and you see the conversion story of someone coming from Islam to Christianity. Maybe it's not so novelty. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, but, you know, in my last church, almost sometimes I would get this, and this would be me. I would get this sense of, oh, I'm just, he's just that guy that used to be a Muslim. Like, it's your almost ide- like your a tro- only identity. <laughs> almost like a trophy prize. Yeah. Mm. But again, um, that's not necessarily good thought. Right. Um, gonna say that right off the bat it's not a good thought for me to have and i have to like almost help clear my mind because that's like you know you know pastor dave yunduza used to say it all the time you know it's not a testimony it's a death testimony. Mm-hmm. i'm not you know i'm not the guy that used to be muslim i'm not this or that i'm just a christian now. right mm-hmm. you know, i'm not covered by any of those things and i you know would always like kind of just think about it in terms of ministry. Like I was on the worship team at the last church for about six years. No, 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 no. Five years, Mm. about five years. And, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of be in a place where it's like, no, I'm just worshiping the Lord. And, 
know, but that's kind of what I want to ask you because mm-hmm. I it's been some time since we've hung out, but um, what's been going on? Like, uh, just I know things are God is doing good things in your life. Um, you're attending the Bible College right now, right? Yes, awesome. And wh- what have I missed out on, man? Uh, I want to c- catch up a little bit. Oh man, a lot of it's involving this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, brother. Okay, so I can't remember the last time we talked, but it, I want to say it was the first Sunday of January. Maybe. Okay. I think it's been since then, right? Since we hmm. both led worship for your just, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so since then, you know, um, just been focusing on like a couple of things happened for me in the last year as well, you know, about those things. And um, I just kind of focused wanted to go back to a focus of the Lord for me, particularly, I, you know, didn't want any more distractions. I just, just give me Jesus. Yeah. And around January, Hmm. middle January, I think a week before the Bible college orientation, I was debating going back to Bible college, either this semester or in fall. And I think when they mentioned that Moses mentioned that they were going to do it in person and online, I was like, I need fellowship. Mm-hmm. I need to be there and I need to focus on the Lord. You know, um, I did like I registered a week before orientation and it was awesome. And it's been awesome. It's, you know, going back and having the fellowship and going to the class. And when I found out this guy was going to be in my class, I was like, yes, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, and then that kind of comes to that point of it where Sammy, you know, like, we've been working on worship together. You know, mm-hmm. we had this conversation sometime late December, early January, where we're like, let's start writing. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, we've been talking a lot about worship and different ways the Lord has ministered to us. And him and I actually, I mean, he helped me write a song like back in 2018, that night that he came to my young adult Bible study at the last church. Um, He helped me write a song. I think it was called, more of you or uh, something, something like, like that, that. yeah hmm. you know and um from that moment on it was like you know we had this mindset of worship and we hmm. got together and we had dinner after one of the golden springs worship nights and you know f- right from there it was just kicking off hmm. like let's do worship together let's actually get this going and, and not just have it be something where you know, it's like, oh, it would be really cool to do this, but not never. That it, yeah, not that it would be cool if, but actually doing yeah. it. If, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And, yes. Um, you know, Sammy even kind of almost asked me, you know, he was like, you're not just messing with me, right? You're not just throwing this idea out and hmm. not going to follow through. And I was like, no, dude, I'm so down. Let's- You've probably seen your share of that, huh, Sammy? Like oh, people yes. pitching to you an idea of something they'd like yeah. to do and then. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I bet. And so so go on. You 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 start so you started doing music or talking mm-hmm. about a project you guys want to work on? Yeah. Or is that yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just this idea of a realness of worship. Mm-hmm. And I think this conversation's been coming a lot up a lot with him and I, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's in class or last Sunday we went to Calvary Chapel San Juan and we talked with you know, a couple of the worship guys over Which there. Which guys did you get to talk to over there? Brandon McPeak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, boy, shout Brand- out, yeah, shout Brandon out Brandon, McPeak dude. And, uh, <laughs> shout out. Yeah, talk and to Zach. Zach Ruiz. Caleb. 
Oh, and Caleb, yeah. and Caleb, okay. and Caleb Lee. They got a solid team out there, dude. Yes, they amazing. do. Oh, yeah, they get down. Oh mm. my gosh, yes, absolutely. Love those guys to death. Brandon McPeak's a solid brother of mine, dude. Um, me and him have had many long conversations about things that I was just dealing with, or yeah. and he just understood. He just understood and mm-hmm. such great conversations. I love that brother, dude. Yes, he's amazing. Um. There's something that the Lord's been showing me along the lines of what you had brought up a minute ago um, in regards to you leaving um, or not you leaving, just in regards to you noticing that that you can become uh, sort of like a notch on someone on Christian ministries belt, right? The former yeah. Muslim. And there's something that I just want to share about, about that, what the Lord's shown me concerning that kind of topic. And that is when, when we act in the flesh, we celebrate at things that are difficult for the flesh. And what I mean by that is so like, if it's super hard to go to a place and speak and, and a lot of people get saved, right? That's not easy for a person to do. But if you did that in your own strength and a lot of people got saved, that's a big celebration. And then when you go and if you're acting in your own strength and you go and you do something, put a lot of work in, right? And only one person gets saved. It can, if you're acting in your own strength, it could be like, man, we put in way too much effort for what the yeah. outcome was, right? But the interesting thing is those are all conversations concerning what we're doing in our own strength, right? So Christians, without realizing it, when they're overly happy about something that is difficult for the flesh to do, they're saying that this is something that we're trying to do in our flesh. And so I want to say, I want to share with why that is such a celebration for the flesh. So the shift from Catholicism to Christianity, it's a relatively understandable shift because Catholicism was Christianity pre-Roman Empire, right? And so if you could bring people just back to their roots and then point them to Christ, and then disconnect them from false doctrine that has been introduced later, then you have an understanding of what it means to be to the roots of their own faith that they already are in as a Catholic, and then direct it to where it needs to be. That's that's in your flesh. That's a simpler step process. Hmm. Like if we just set it on paper and said, hey, it's these steps that we need to go through in order to get a Catholic to become a Christian. But when it comes to the faith of Islam... That is a, a bigger gap when it comes to just logistics, right? Like, and, oh, yeah. and trying to get a person and what you would, what you would have to dismantle in a person's ideas and beliefs in order. So that's a, that is a bigger task when it comes to just log, logistics. However, the task of a person separated from God becoming saved is the same impossible task every time a person gets saved. And that is for God to change a person's heart. Mm-hmm. That is impossible for man to do. And it's impossible for us to snap our fingers and make a person's heart change and be open to who the Lord really is in their life. And so as Christians, when we're acting in the spirit, we know that every time any person gets truly saved, it is a miracle act of God and not, yeah. a, not a tactical act of a great speaker or talented man. And so that brings us back to a place where we begin to recognize every time a person gets saved, it is the same miraculous thing that God did. 
in and therefore exactly so therefore we're not overly celebrating an act of man which is difficult to convert somebody from mm. the faith of islam to the faith of christianity yeah. and more simpler to convert the faith of catholicism no that's off yeah. the table now when you're simply just looking at what god is doing in people's lives exactly wow and that was wow i got mr <laughs> no. by that yeah. i just got mr too by that so much dude. Oh, dude wow no and you know like kind of going off that point you know i i you know, like what kind of I, I don't want to say gets on my nerves but i think like we make a mistake of saying like and i i almost like refuse to tell my testimony too much because mm. of this matter but a few of the times I've told my testimony, I'll hear someone say something along the lines of, oh, man, your testimony totally blows mine out of the water. Mm. But that point you made right there, the same miraculous power that saved me is the same miraculous power that saved you, saved you, saved Sammy, and saved every other believer. Mm. You know, and like it almost trips me out when people say that because, you know, my testimony you know, God might not use it to minister to one person and he's going to use it to minister to another person. Mm -hmm. Your testimony might minister to one person. Might, God might not use it to minister to another person. Every, you know, God's, it, it almost reminds me of, you know, when you share the word, you know, some God has given the duty to plant some, you know, water, but it's mm -hmm. God that gives the increase, you know, in general, it's that point like i can't i can't say it any better than you did really but it's god's power yeah. and i th think that thought that i've had of oh man your testimony blows mine out mm. of the water was summed up perfectly by what you said hmm. yeah you know it, it, in the same way that it humbles the overly excited it also builds up the overly simple right like mm -hmm. because it puts it in a different perspective you know, I, 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 God taught, taught me about this when I found myself in my flesh, just turning up the knob a little bit on the excitement of some of the crazy things that have happened in my life. So I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, man, you know, there was this, it was so crazy, you know, like this was going on, that was going on. And then the Lord interrupted me one day when I was sharing something and I was remembering back to the story that I was telling when I was in it. And I was remembering that like, you know, my heart was already being softened. Even when I was for the sake of the story, I'm like talking about how hard my heart was at this point in my life. But I, when I, the Lord brought, brought to my remembrance, like, you know, I was, you are God, you were already working on me. Hmm. Like I was already softened in that season when I was a slave to sin. I was already being tenderized towards your truth. And then I began to ask myself, why do, why do I feel this need to, make how far off I was so pungent, you know, so like, you know, and I realize it's, it's because of that reason is because we believe that there's, it's more impactful, you know, it's more, and, and we do that. We do the celebrities. If a celebrity comes around, it's like, dude, this guy, you know, he was, he was, you know, we're, if you found out tomorrow that, that, um, uh, I don't know who's a big actor right now, dude, like Christopher Nolan got saved you know, you would be, you would feel like, like that was a huge victory, yeah. but see what we're, our eyes are not on reality. Yeah. 
because the truth is, is that we have no idea. Like next time you're sitting in service and a stranger sitting next to you, you have no idea what hurdles it is taking in that person's life to just sit there yeah. maybe. Yeah. Or, or to, if they, if you see a person get up, you know, like when they get up and they go get saved, dude, and you have no, we have no idea. And, and, and yet back to simplifying, it is humbling the one with the wild, huge testimony and is building up the person that says, well, I don't have no crazy story. I just kind of was around Christianity and, you know, I mm-hmm. came to know Christ. Like it raises that person up as it humbles the other, because it's all a miracle of God. Yeah. You know, no yeah. man is saved by his own story or hands. It's, it's just something, a miracle that God did. And we should never over emphasize what seems to be a wild story and we should never downplay what is a miraculous thing. And that is God saved you, you know? So I love that dude. I love, Mm -hmm. I love how that ties in um, for Christians to check themselves. Right. And in their approach to people or in uh, the way that we assume a lot of things. And it also lines up with what Dave taught you about bragamonies. You know, it's like after a little while you start realizing, (laughs) you start realizing you're like, you're like, you know what? Like, the main thing about my story is Christ. Yeah. You know, and like what he did. And if you could point people towards Christ, you've done a good job. Power you know? of the testimony is not in testimony, but in the power that Christ had in <laughs> sure. saving you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So Sammy, I, 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 I'm just kind of curious because I've never had a chance to sit down and talk with you about it. Can, like you are known when people meet you, if they know you, they know that you lead worship, that they, they've heard you sing before. <clears throat> I, I have some really cool stories, which they don't necessarily need to come up, but people that have just been how God used, just used you, just literally just your presence, you being somewhere them, whether mm. it's them watching online or them showing up and how God's used that. One of those people is my brother, Johnny. I, I'd love for you to be able to talk to mm. him one day just for him to tell you this crazy story yeah. that God used. But um, at what point, do you remember entering into worship, not just like, here's a little kid who's singing songs about Christ, but like in your own heart that do you, can you remember where that started that your, your, your heart started to be engaged with worship? Is that really young or is that later that God teaches you that? I want to say for me, it, it, uh, it started, not to like turn the wheels and like go back in time. Yeah, please. Um, but <laughs> so give me a minute. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, I I kind of always had it, if mm. you will. Um, it's funny because talking about the whole idea of testimonies, I was that guy <laughs> that thought, I, "What do I have to offer?" Mm. I'm just a church kid. <laughs> Grew up in church all my life. Didn't know anything else other than that. Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, that was my life, you know? And I never thought, you know, and I'll never forget this. <laughs> I'll never forget this. It's coming up in mind. Um, the very first time I heard Sean McKeon's testimony about how, like, the Lord saved him and, like, how, like, it was just a miraculous, like, yeah, conversion radical, of just, radical, yeah, yeah, I always thought, man, oh, my gosh, what I would give to have a testimony like that. Hmm. People aren't ever going to want to hear me. Like, well, maybe that's just as well, you know? And I was, I, there would be times where I would like seriously think about it, mm. but there'd be other times I'm like, eh, okay, I guess I'm just, gonna, just a church guy. Mm. You know, little did I know <laughs> that the Lord was going to use events in my life to really change me and make me for 
for the better, if you will, than mm. I, in hindsight. But all that to say about worship, um, when 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 I started, I guess you could say, like for me, when I started in worship as a kid was, I think, when I really began to notice it. Um, it also it began to flourish to a lot in high school, hmm. high school ministry. Um, of course, my testimony, if you've ever heard it, just like how, and how I started, you know, singing in worship. I mean, I had been singing since I was what, six, five, six years old. Hmm. Music was always a part of me. Like, you know, I've, um, I, I was always brought up on it. There was never a time where I could never remember music not being played in our house. Hmm. Always in, always grew up with the radio, always had that sort of thing. But as far as worship music goes, I mean, my, my, my mom, a lot of it goes, goes back to my parents, to, to my mom in particular, because, you know, we would, we would get um, tapes, cassette tapes. For those of you who don't know what that is, <laughs> it was a farm <laughs> listening to music back in the day. And um, my dad used to be in the tape ministry at church back in West Covina, even when they moved to Diamond Bar. And, um, he would get recordings of the worship and we would play it in our car. So I was listening to a lot of worship songs today. That's just what I remember listening to and growing mm -hmm. up with. So I guess for me, like discovering the idea of, of worship when I knew it was big in my life was, I, I think I always kind of knew it because mm. I loved singing mm. and I just knew that that was a big part of who I was. My, I guess for lack of better words, identity, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Sure. And uh, so then, you know, getting to high school and all that sort of thing. And, you know, you're trying to everyone in high school, you're always trying to find yourself. Like, mm -hmm. who am I? And uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the story of how I got involved, it was like a last minute thing. Scott was like, hey, can you, you know, our worship leader couldn't make it. Sammy, could you just do it? And I happened to be there. So, um, but and the rest is history after that. You know, I started with the adult choir and the choir as a whole. That's a whole other story about how I, what, what I wanted to be in terms of that. But, um, but yeah, I, I began to see it flourish when I was in high school. Mm. And then when we started with the youth worship team, vocal worship team, um, back in 2000, you know, I was 18 at the time. And uh, that was when I, I knew like that's what I wanted to do, mm. like, or it was going to be some form of what I did, you know, mm. and uh, I don't always told like God has a calling on your life, Sam. You know, you just you know embrace it, and, and I'd always ask the Lord, Lord, show me what Your will is for my life. Show me what it is that You want me to do, and it's just always been there. Mm. So, mm. if that, hope that's a big answer to yeah, your no, question. Absolutely, yeah. Because so, I, yeah. I, I, um. And myself, like I, I was, a, I grew up a, around music. Never, I yeah. didn't have, I didn't have like the, the 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 killer chops or anything like that. But I just my ear always around music. Just the variety of music in the home. My dad was a piano player. He played like uh, rhythm and blues, boogie woogie, piano stuff. You know, so oh, that's tight. So and he would he would write songs for my mom, and so I got to see that growing up, and then. My dad, this is, I mean, my family wasn't raised in the Lord. So we had, we had a bar in our house, alcohol bar oh, and, and all my uncles, everybody spent time at my house growing up and they were all, everybody seemed to be somewhat of a singer musician. And then, 
uh, the music that my dad made was was like rhythm and blues. So like four part harmonies, like the real older stuff, right? Um, Pre Motown, but like that that okay. oldies. And uh, so everybody seemed to be a singer, and they did harmonies, and some people would come with different talents that they had or they were friends of friends and music was always around and so the the artistic side of music was always a part of my life but then becoming saved i would listen to worship leaders with that same ear i'll be like oh that guy's good or like oh man that person's yeah really dope I like that too yeah right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and then but then at some point it was almost like a switch got flipped where it was like it was like i'd be in the sanctuary and I was more disconnected from how dope these musicians were. And all of a sudden it was like the music was penetrating, like, you know, the lyrics and stuff were mm -hmm. taking me to a place where I was like, I was realizing things, you know, mm. about the Lord or his love towards me or, mm -hmm. you know, or that, that distractions. We say it all the time, right. As worship leaders, like, like, Oh, let's, let's ask for the Lord to remove the distractions. But man, when, when you're thinking, you know, it's like they always say like a heart of gratitude is uh, it's hard for a heart of gratitude to be a complainer because once you're realizing how thankful you are, then the things that you were going to complain about are relatively small, you know? Yeah. And so the heart of Very gratitude true. really, it really diminishes our, our complaining soul, even when we're not vocalizing it, the things that bother us about people and schedules or whatever. And so I, I, I remember when it was like a, a switch was flipped to what worship. There are people that are anointed that maybe if you send them on American Idol, they might not win first place like another person would or something. You know, or in in worship, you're not you're not putting two guitars next to each other so you could kill it in a solo better and then picking that guy right. Like that's yeah. not the way it works. Mm -hmm. And because the anointing, you know, and 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 what God can do in a person's heart when they're visiting church or they're about to listen to a Bible study through worship, through worship leader, whose heart's in the right place is something different than just watching the talent of a singer or musician. It's yeah. a different thing. And so that's what, that's what I was kind of curious about, but it seems, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, cause you saying that just brought something to my mind actually. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Hmm. Um, it wasn't until and I could truthfully say this. Mm. It wasn't until about my mid-20s when I mm. really began to have the mindset of, well, wait a minute. No, these songs can help people. Mm. It's not just about words singing to Jesus. Mm. We could sing to Jesus, you know, mm. and it be shallow. Right. But there's something to be said about just like what you're saying. And that's why it came back to my the con the idea rather not concept per se but the idea of of what is this person getting ministered to by mm. i'm coming back to the heart of worship it's mm. all about you mm. or better is one day in your courts mm. in your house than the thousands elsewhere we had scripture yeah you know yes, that's giving me the chills and so, right now. <laughs> well no i mean and it's so true because it's scripture yeah. it's taken from the word mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so what better way to sing than that? Right. You know mm. what I mean? And I, he and I were talking about this. Gosh, when we were talking about this? Not too long ago, huh? Oh, gosh. Um, 
We're always having conversations <laughs> about this kind of thing. It's hilarious. Know, like yeah. we could go off. Like yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no, we were and we were having a conversation about this, just like how the Lord can use like scripture mm. into like a song, mm. and that's something that like is really mm-hmm. is really key key for like the person, the average Joe mm. that's coming to church in the middle, like on the, on the, in the midweek service, or even on a Sunday for that matter sure. too, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and I'm sure Sal, you've seen this, like with, with teaching, like people are hurting. Mm-hmm. They want something that, that can minister to them so they can get on with their weekend with their families. Right. And so I totally see where you're coming from, dude. Yeah. Totally. And, and mm-hmm. that happened for me mm-hmm. around the mid twenties, when my mid twenties, where I started to really feel like, no, Sammy, like, you know, you're past the, you're past that high school stuff. Now you need to take this seriously. Mm. And I did. And I think that's like you said, like the switch has flipped on. Yeah. Yeah. That's see. And that's, that's the one thing. If I ever get a chance to, to get in the ear of a worship leader, you know, I'm going to seize the opportunity. Oh, just, please just, do. Just to, just, <laughs> please do. Just to remind, <laughs> just to remind, just to plant that thought again. Right. Because and this happens with teaching too. Like, once you're in a wheel of of order, right? Like I got this study coming up, I'm gonna have to do this. I got once yeah. once now you're and you inevitably are an administrator. Like you're 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 functioning to to get things done, right? Mm. And I've been rebuked by the Lord in my teaching, putting a an awesome study together, right? That has all the points that a study should have, including delivery that has um you know that has it it you know good speaking behind it right where you where you're not just monotone where you're, you you have a heightening moment in your sermon and there's things that you're saying to engage people and you're seeing them engaged and they laughed in that sermon and they and there was tears in certain people and you're delivering truth right and you can you can put your perfect sermon together and still fail to relay what God would have said yeah. through you if you just were simply before him saying, what do you want to say? Yeah. And there are times that a message will come forth that you feel like is trash, but you did one thing right, and that mm. was to communicate what God told you mm. to say to these people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the same, though, with worship, right? Because me like you see me come back after all this time right and it's like a familiar face right it's like mikey hey, mikey's back and some yeah. people are excited oh dude you're back that's super cool and there's some good fellowship that's happened in golden springs before and 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 long talks with people and so they see me and they're just like but they have no idea what's happened to me in the gap between now and last time they saw me they have no idea yeah and what's interesting that i'd love to share right now is coming back the first time coming back I'm in the sanctuary, right? And the, the amount of things that the enemy was doing to me, just walking in there, right? Feeling like this gap between when I last was there it was two years I hadn't stepped foot in Golden Springs. Oh, wow. wow. The gap between when I last was there and where I am now, I would the, the enemy had me believing that I would feel different from everybody. That I didn't, that I was going to be like unrecognizable or something like that. I was not going to be able to just be, I thought I I felt like I was going to be so awkward. I felt like I wasn't going to know what to say. Like all these weird things that were just in my head. They didn't even have, 
they were they now it's come to pass they didn't have anything to do with anything like mm. but it was the enemy just just trying to bring in anxiety right but as i went in and i sat and it was a wednesday night the first night i went back the worship i had a knot in my throat the entire time yeah. and see a worship leader is not aware even a familiar face a person that can minister is not aware of the magnitude of what God is doing in an individual's life, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 so and so then all the other things that seem so like they seem so important, they start to become small when you remember those things and you mm -hmm. realize that when you're like that's ha that's happening every time in this in the wheel of what seems to be the same thing that we're doing every single week, it is not the same thing happening every single week in that sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And those people that are coming in that you have no idea what different work God is doing to the same song you sang a thousand times or more, mm. you know, you more definitely mm. in your yeah. case. Um, and I just, I want to say that cause you guys both do, cause you do worship too mm -hmm. for your own ministry. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, the enemy always wants to paint a false picture and a false narrative as to what is going on when God desires simply for just a willing vessel. And we're rarely aware of yeah. the magnitude of what God is doing in people's lives. And in my case, when I came back right there, dude, it was just, it was just tears in my eyes the whole time, bro. Mm. It was just like, wow. Well, it's like, and I'm a familiar face, bro. Like to a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. Right. And had no idea that, that I'm what, what got what's happening inside of me that the enemy is attacking me that the lord's blessing me and that he's remind his voice is coming through you know the the script the 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 songs that have scripture based mm -hmm. yeah you know you you could hear the voice of the lord and then when your heart's in that place dude a pastor that's the way of the that's the way of a worship leader right there dude when you can go there and let mm -hmm. god flow the pastor could come out and just read a verse you just come on, just read a Bible verse, dude. And the people's hearts are so open and just penetrates, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you guys to do music, dude. Like it's more than just the music, you know, cause I was yeah. around, I was raised around musicians, but it's more than just the music that you guys are doing. Dude is like God yeah. is penetrating through it. You know? Yeah. I think if you guys go back just a episode ago, we talked about God working in us. And this is something that the Lord's really been impressing on my heart conversations Mike's had it with me where you guys are preparing for worship. I'm preparing for a study and there's times when it is autopilot. It's just like, okay, Exodus 10 points, 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 how I can relate to that life application. And then I'm like, wait, like, what is God? What is this for me? Like, what is this between you and I, Yeah, you know? And even this past Wednesday, I really just wanted to say, okay, Lord, like, tell me. And it has impacted my life where I'm, I'm just open and kind of even putting myself on blast a little bit more than I used mm -hmm. to in a study. And, and in doing so, I'm, I'm seeing God just work in my life. And that's something that too, just talking about like guys who have gotten to an elevated status in Christianity. Mm -hmm. What happens is when they are being used by God and there is truth 
and power that is being used them in through them, yet in their own personal lives, they're caught up in sin. Yeah. That and when that when we see that person fall, they get put on blast, like our hearts are like, oh Lord, man, even him, like him too. And then we get like destroyed with our own self in it. And what I'm now practicing is like, you know what, then I need to just be abiding with the Lord in my own life. Yeah. Forget like trying to reach thousands of people if I myself am separated from the Lord, yeah. you know? So I think that's yeah. something that we as worship leaders, pastors can like yes. grow in mm-hmm. is God working in our own hearts, yeah. you know? And I, I yeah. think it just kind of reminds me, especially in light of like, you know, those elevated, you know, Robbie Zacharias. Robbie That's Zacharias. what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in situations like that, you know, it's not just for people with elevated positions like Robbie Zacharias or what was his name? Like Carl Lentz, mm-hmm. you know, who they're caught in these kinds of situations. You know, what was missing there? You know, cause you know, Christianity, we talk a lot about fellowship, but in that fellowship, it's not just talking about the Lord. It's not just, you know, getting together for hangs and talks like this, but it's accountability too, you know? So with worship leaders, pastors, people in ministry, wherever they are, there needs to be an accountability. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, again, I was listening to a message by, I think Frank Turek, Frank Turek. And he was kind of talking about this whole situation with Ravi. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was just kind of talking about this situation where, you know, you mentioned it kind of makes you think about like, I just need to abide in Christ by myself, mm. you know, and that's almost what it has to be for each one of us. Cause you know, everyone, people falling like that, it just kind of shows more of the depravity of man. Mm. You know, it shows the mm-hmm. sinfulness of man and the fact that, you know, without the Lord, without his Holy spirit in our lives, you know, and following the truth of the word, we mm. fall. You know, we, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Almost, yeah. You, you know, yeah. you know, I think, I think a healthy way for us to boil, boil it, boil it down, right? Like yeah. get to the bottom line is what are, what are we doing as Christians? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, um, there, when we tell people, when people get saved, right. An altar yeah. call, it's simple. They're, they're being told that there's a savior yeah. for them, a savior. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what is that savior saving them from? It's yeah. saving them from damnation, separation, right? And in their practical yeah. everyday life, he's saving them from what? From sin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's what we're that's our testimony. That's our altar call every time. Like, come, yeah. come and be set free. You're a slave, right? Yeah. So, so that's the bottom line of who we are as Christians, right? So <laughs> when you have that in your heart and your mind. And, and, and you're walking with Jesus, right? And, and something's creeping up on you. Temptation, yeah. something's creeping up on you, right? That is the number one thing that you're dealing with before the Lord yeah. now. Because, mm-hmm. because if, you, if somewhere along the line, Satan, this is his favorite trick, if he can alter what we're about in the bottom line, yeah. then all of a sudden now we're chasing to get bigger because the bigger we are, the more lives we can impact. Yeah. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's the mm-hmm. first little that as soon as that thought creeps in, like, okay, I need to get bigger in like to be able to reach more people, do more, right? So that more people can be reached by God. Yeah. Lie mm-hmm. right up front, right Absolutely. there. Need to cut it off, stop right there. No, 
God doesn't need people to get bigger to reach more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need mm-hmm. that. He can reach True. people. He reaches people. Even when you see a big pastor, it's still God reaching people. Right. Mm-hmm. So he does, he's not yeah, there looking so for somebody to yeah. get big. So, so if, if we could start right there, as soon as that thought starts creeping in our minds, like I want to, I want to go and become a big pastor because then I'll be able to really add to the kingdom. No, the biggest thing you could do as a Christian is deal with the things that are creeping up on you with the power that has been given to you by the true and living God. Hmm. Jesus Christ is available to you for you to have victory in your life. Yeah. What would have been the most amazing thing? Maybe some, maybe a room full of 20 people would have been like, Oh no, but it would have been a great thing. If a young minister who has promising future ahead of him were to walk into a room with his elders and say, guys, I got something creeping up on me right now. Somebody pray for me, dude. Yeah. I'm struggling in my heart and my mind, even before actions start taking place. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's, it's so crazy. I don't know where I'm driving down the road and these thoughts or these temptations are showing up on pray for me. And right away, what do we become afraid of? Oh, the leader in that room is going to be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this guy's struggling. Let's, put, let's knock him down. You know, let's make yeah. sure we don't put him in front of you. He's struggling right now. Yeah. You know what? Don't run from that. So be it, dude. God doesn't need me to be big. He doesn't need you to be big, you to be big, you to be big. He doesn't need to look for somebody that's going to be huge. He needs people that are willing to to be honest about what he's capable of doing. And what a young man who maybe he's blasting himself in front of his five friends and say, dude, pray for me, dude. The struggles are showing up on me out of nowhere. Maybe he does stop himself from the potential bigness that was ahead of him. Yeah. Right. He could have become a pastor and all these people would have thought, dude, this guy's so right on. Have you heard him speak? Have you heard how talented he is? And he just mm-hmm. chopped that down by being honest to a small group of people in front of him. Yeah. But you know what? God honors that, dude. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. seen this in the construction world as I'm working out there. You give me three guys that all they have to say is what God's done in their life. Not testimony, but just what God's doing in their life. Right. Not like a crazy story, but just dude, it's crazy. God's helping me, you know, helping my marriage. And the amount that God can do um, horizontally with that. Yet we always seem to try to raise people up vertically to Mm -hmm. to try to impact more people. Nobody should be held high except Christ. Yeah. Amen. You know? And, And so this is not, dude, it's crazy because if a drug addict walks in to a church and confesses, that he was doing the same exact things that we just heard a prominent pastor was doing. We're not as shocked. We're just like, oh, that happens, bro. Here, let's pray for you, dude. And let's, but it's always once somebody's been elevated to such a degree mm-hmm. that then we see we see things like, and and part of the thing that the Lord's been ministering to me is like, hey, don't catapult in your own heart whoever the next amazing teacher is, yeah. you know, because there's gonna be some guy. It's going to be raised up. God's going to do something amazing. We're all going to agree. Like, dude, this guy's so talented. Mm-hmm. He's so gifted. He's mm-hmm. such a great speaker. Yeah. But we must stop ourselves in that moment and say, you know what? Let's not catapult this man in our heart. He is a man. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus is the one that's doing this great work. And yeah. that's not for us to go, you know, you know, people always do that <laughs> at churches. Hey, bro, don't be, you know, it's not for us to go and start, yeah. you know, infiltrating churches to, to keep people from thinking somebody's awesome. That's in our own hearts. That's something Christians need to do in their own personal hearts. Say, you know what? I'm not catapulting anybody because then I'm hurting them, right? Certainly whatever's coming upon, I'm just bringing it. I don't like talking about people too much, but we're talking about Robbie Zacharias. He just came up. You know, whatever degree of largeness his fall is, 
that punishment or that or that weight on his family could be lessened if a majority of Christians just aren't elevating a person too yeah. too high in their own heart. They're just, hey, yeah. we're all to, to be able to just say, hey, dude, man, that's heartbreaking to hear that yeah. somebody felt like that carrying on. You're though, going back to you the know? depravity of man, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're exactly saying right now. You know, you go back to this idea of like, you know, you're saying like you do not elevate someone. And you just realize we all as men have fallen and yeah. fallen short of the glory sure. of God, God, mm-hmm. right? You know, the scripture t- teaches us that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, like this person's gifted. You know, like you said, we've been elevating them. That person is just as depraved without Christ as he is, as sure. you are, as mm-hmm. I am. Right. You know, without Christ, I work with the homeless, yeah. you know, and I see every mm-hmm. single day people coming in that have used literally an hour before they come in. You know, and I think, yeah. like, before Christ, that's exactly where I was. Yeah. You know, just wandering around. And it takes one small, one small sin, one small, you know, glance away from the Lord sure. where I could be in that same situation. Right. And, and I want to make one thing clear because one thing I'm not advocating for is sort of like, uh, uh, a confession revival, like all of a sudden ministry should just be people just going and saying, "Dude, I'm a sinner," like just telling what they did wrong, because so. w- because what a better <laughs> because what a better what a better look is is not so much that that's not the goal. The goal is to recognize that the most righteous saint is still missing the mark, right? Because yeah, we're not going to get to to bullseye until we're until we're separated from these sinful bodies, right? And so the most righteous person is missing the mark. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about, I'm not advocating that everybody needs to go and just start saying like everything they've done wrong, but, but to stay in the position of, I am a sinner, meaning I'm missing the mark, Mm -hmm. not I'm a sinner. Like I'm, I'm doing these drugs on the side or something, but like I've fallen short. And so I need to put people's eyes on Christ. And we've been hearing this our whole lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like keeping your eyes on Jesus and not on man, but it's it is it is refined in conversation when you're talking about great leaders that fall or you're talking about these these type of things you know there's not there's nothing to hide you know like i don't want to he he mentioned being transparent in his sermons i just heard pastor rawl do that in that in in last night's which yeah. unfortunately he had an episode and so sean had to come in and continue teaching but right before that happened impactful what he was saying he was talking about about what was it max being a str- just being uh struggles having struggles dude mm-hmm. he's like you have struggles i have struggles and he began to talk about those things yeah. at the pulpit now, like a known pastor mm-hmm. dude big name you know yeah. you guys know yeah and he's just being transparent up there because what his goal is not to it's not up there trying to confess that he it's not this isn't some big like oh pastor all for the first time we heard that he struggles too this isn't about that it's about Look, who is he pointing us towards? It's the reality of it's sin, and exactly. who saves us from and that? that. We're, 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 we need to stay in that little place, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also boils down too to the fact that, um, and I going back to Pastor Rawls' example of that. When you look at a at a at a like you were saying a well known preacher or well known teacher, well known person that's like an evangelist, when they get down to the level of the common man. Mm saying, hey, I'm just like you. I sin every day. I have to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, cleanse my heart because I'm, 
The heart is deceitfully wicked and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only Jesus knows it. It says it in the word. So when you get a pastor, like someone like Pastor Raul, who admits to that, hey, I struggle too. I have to come before the Lord. So, you know, if I have to do that, how much more should we all as believers do that? And it can encourage people to do that. I know I've got ministered to so many times from Pastor Raul. And from other pastors that have been that have been, I guess for lack of better words, blameless, yeah, if you will, sure. you know, and saying, "Hey, I I need to come before the Lord daily as well, mm. like in order for me to like to to live that sure. righteous life, I miss the mark." Mm. So there's something to be said about that, and I'm going to also add this too. If more guys would, and this is actually part of the reason why, going back to when Afi and I like first started talking. I also asked the Lord, Lord, I need somebody that I could be accountable to, mm-hmm. because I I feel like I'm alone in like what I'm doing, what I'm dealing with, you know, in my own sin, my own struggles that I face every day, and and if more guys would be that to people that need that that need it in the world, I think we'd have less, not less sin per se, but you'd have people that would be less likely to want to do something that's wrong or want to see something that's wrong Mm -hmm. or want to say something that's wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think if, if, if more guys, if there were more people that would step up to the plate to do that. Sure. And that's actually something that was ministering to my heart. I've started to do that more with other people that I've, Hey, how you doing? How are you doing? Are you okay? Mm, How is your walk? (laughs) Right. How is your walk? Mm. I love you. I want to pray for you. Mm. You know, I'm not just going to beat around the bush. No, because these are the last days. Mm. I mean, how much more? I mean, look at, we just saw a law passed in the, in mm. the entire country, you know, that's going to change a lot of what the church is going to become. Mm. You know, people don't realize it too. And I'm not going on a political sp- no, no, I, spectrum here, yeah. but what I'm saying is that time is short yeah jesus is coming soon people need to be ready for that and the more the more we hold each other to a higher standard and say hey how are you doing Mm -hmm. are you living your life right if not i will pray for you i will encourage you i'm not going to beat you down you know and i love what you just said right now you could have said it any better because i was that guy you know coming back like because i had i had left uh gs for a while you know i'd gone through like a situation in my life where I, I felt like, okay, I need to take a step back from ministry because I need to work on myself. And I seriously came back before the Lord. I came back thinking, people are going to judge me. They're going to be thinking mm. all this stuff. And I just, all this stuff in my mind. Mm. And the enemy does play with your mind, dude. You couldn't have hit it, hit it on, the, on, on the ball any better. Um, but when I came back, I saw the love from certain people. Like, no, Sam, we love you. And we're like glad to see that you're here. Like, mm. it was like, you really begin to see how much the enemy blind you, blinds you yeah, yeah. and plays with your mind. Yeah, you yeah. know, you never fully experience it until you have gone out and you've like stepped away. Mm. So I think if we have more guys like that in, mm. in, in, you know, in the Christian faith sure. that would come alongside their fellow man and say, Hey, I'm walking this walk beside you. I will stand next sure. to you. Mm. Yep. So that's that's so that's so good. And one of the things that breaks my heart is as soon as people start to recognize their their gift, 
right? They start to recognize that they, they do have an anointing is in, in our sinful flesh. We begin looking for what, what staircase to go up with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have, I have the gift of teaching. Okay. Where I should go up to Scott and say, Hey, if you ever need me to go on campus with you or, Oh, I should, I'll, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to walk up to a leader and I'm going to say, Hey, just let you know, I, I, I feel like God's calling me to teach, you know, and looking for what, what staircase to when, when what we can do and what I, I want to encourage Christians to do <clears> is <throat> when you recognize that God gives you a gift, right? When he gives you a gift of the spirit or he gives you an anointing for something specific is to look at who God has brought and use that gift that God gave you for them instead of, because oftentimes there's so often the weight of the responsibility of a pastor, a senior pastor is increased because a big majority of the congregation feels like he's the only one who understands and can minister to them. Hmm. So that's what you always have pastors, right? They come down off the stage and there's a line of people. Oh, I need to talk to you or whatever. But we can lift that burden in ministries Mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves, when we recognize that we have anointings, Mm -hmm. instead of just looking for where we can go and build our own Mm -hmm. platform somewhere Mm -hmm. to just utilize it to the people right to the right and left of us. Imagine that, dude. I think there would be nothing pleasing, more pleasing to a senior pastor than after he finishes a sermon, right? He finishes a sermon. He goes to walk down and he notices that people are turning to the people that are right and left of them. And somebody mm-hmm. that has gifts and talent and isn't trying to look for a platform, he's just using them to the person yeah. right next to him. This mm-hmm. person who's just anointed in, 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 in encouraging words or anointed in, in uh, exhortation and is exhorting somebody here and, and encouraging one another. And because the pastor's role and responsibility is to teach the word and the people are sound doctrinally by solid teaching, now you're not so worried that these people are saying giving off advice because they're they're there and they're growing and they're learning. That was so what was so beautiful about Pastor Chuck Smith is mm. the anointing of the teaching was creating a solid congregation yeah. of people that were very in yeah. tune with doctrine and truth and in a deep, deep way, right? And so their advice to family members and friends was rooted in solid, solid mm-hmm. Bible studies, you know, and once again, r- removing that catapulting of a person and holding them too high. Hey, the thing that's amazing about a senior pastor is that God's called them to do that and the work that God does behind that pulpit. But so often a pastor's overburdened with the appearance that he's the only person who understands the things of God. And therefore there's a line of people there. Oh, his phone's constantly going. I mean, you know, the way it works. We have to have secretaries now to be able to filter because people will just show up and just be like a line of people. I have to talk to the pastor. I have to speak to him, you know, and, and yet maybe, maybe one way that we as, as just members of a church can lift that is by, being people that when we have an anointing, instead of searching out for what platform we can have, we utilize that in the people that God's bringing to us. Because then we know for certain that we're not chasing something we shouldn't because God brought these people to me, yeah. right? And so there, this is the ones that are for sure in the will of God for me to minister to yeah. because he brought them to me instead of me going mm. and making it happen, right? Hey, listen, I'm not speaking from a position of like, I know how to, I figured all this stuff out and I'm trying to tell you the way it should be done. This is all just God teaching me trial and error because of my own failures, dude. You know how many, 
I have more failed attempted start ministries than a lot of people I know, dude. Like there's a lot <laughs> of things that I've tried to do for the Lord. And I find myself in a humbled chapter, not mm. humble. I'm not calling myself humble by any means, but being humbled by failure, by things that went down, bro. Things mm. that crumbled, right? Mm -hmm. Like the embarrassing stuff that you're like, that didn't work out. You know what I mean? I find myself humbled because of those failures. Yeah. And I'm I'm less excited to try to be on a platform and tell people, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And yeah. I'm more like, hey, you know what, Lord? I still know who you are though. Mm -hmm. And if they're and I'm not the the Bible says the call of God's irrevocable, right? I'm mm -hmm. sure you dealt with that one. You start feeling like it is revocable. We, started, we was talking about mm -hmm. that a couple, yeah. of days, a couple of weeks ago. Too. You start yeah. feeling like it's gone. <laughs> I remember one of the the enemy woke me up one night with the word Ichabod. You know, I, which means the glory departed, yeah. right? And I also wake up in the middle of the night full of fear, and all of a sudden that word's in my head. That I'm yeah. that I lost that dude. Nobody needs you. You're not helping, dude. The enemy comes at me all the time. You're not helping people. You're hurting people. Yeah. You're wounding people around you. And it's like, and the enemy wants to make that. You know, you think of the people you love the most or close to you, and you wounded them. You wounded them in some way or another. And the enemy shows up, and he's like, "You're not helping. You're hurting people, and you just want to die. You just want to disappear. You know, just I'm nobody. I'm nothing. But the call of God is irrevocable." But I'll tell you what, in those seasons of being a failure and falling short, the Lord has taught me that I don't, I'm not chasing anything bigger than what he brings to me mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. If there's two people in front of me and that's who God brings to me, that's who I want to minister yeah. to, you know? You shed some light just a second ago. Well, through what you're saying, though, for me, though, I was like, dude, like in a new way for myself. Mm. I've heard Chuck teach that the sheep get the sheep. Yeah. But as you brought to my attention, you know, sometimes people get caught up in the idea that they need to go to the head pastor in order to get ministered mm -hmm. to. And I'm now I'm starting to see, wow, like that's what Chuck taught, like the sh healthy sheep beget healthy sheep. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think we even talk about, okay, like so I, I've said it, sometimes a, a big church, it's not as personable, you know, because there's a lot of people you sneak in, get in the back. Nobody might say hi to you and you could sneak out. But now you're turning the table a little bit on if someone's coming, like who has the Lord brought them? Like who is the Lord? What has the Lord put around them? What's available to them? And I'm sure there's going to be those cases where people don't, they don't know about church yet. So there needs to be somebody to be that loving yep. friend, someone to, to bring them in. But you also have just put, kind of a a vision in my own mind in the moment mm -hmm. of like man like if i teach the word and love the people who god has brought me and train them up then they are going to when other people come doing the same thing where i don't have to worry about it, it, it you kind of mm -hmm. lifted a little bit of a burden off of me mm -hmm. where i it's like wow like mm -hmm. yes i do want to be there as much as i possibly can but it's ultimately it's the lord's church yep it's the lord's yep. church when you are leading them in worship it's like sometimes i don't know if you guys have ever felt that like if i let it if i mess up today if i let it down today the band lets it down then that's it i've like just destroyed what the, the work of the spirit what he's going to do but we have to remember it is the lord's church and yep. he is going to get the praise and you know what's out one thing that'll help to is 
to catapult this process is is just learning to say i don't know as a senior pastor yeah because you'll find that my brother johnny encourages me in this he's like bro when when you teach it's encouraging that i realize that the anointing is bigger because of what god's called you to do while you're doing that versus when i'm just talking to you he's like you're a talented guy when we talk but there's certain things that happen at the pulpit that i know mikey's not capable of doing and so Sometimes as a teacher, as a senior pastor, there's a pressure when somebody begins to ask you a question off the pulpit, like they just walk up to you. Hey, you remember, and they're, and they're, they're always Bible mm-hmm. students, right? You remember in Leviticus, you know, in, in the third chapter when this is happening, you, you know what I'm talking about. Well, in that particular place, I was wondering, <laughs> uh-huh. do you think, dude, just, just to exercise the ability to look at the person, I have no idea. Let that disappointment fall right there mm-hmm. in that moment. Like, I, don't, I can't even remember what that chapter is about because then yeah, maybe if that person's chasing the pastor who knows everything, maybe you lose them in that moment. But overall, yeah. you begin to set a tone in the ministry that you're building that, listen, dude, you're not you're not the guy that just has all yeah. the answers of everything, bro. You, you seek the word yourself. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And and you're you're it's evidence that the anointing, bro, like like yeah. if somebody's being ministered in the sermons, you know, like it's like Pastor Raul, dude, how many times have you been with him? And you're like, dang, you know, he like he's just he'd rather just joke around. He'd rather just be like, hey, let's go get some burritos or something, you yeah. know. And it's not gonna be this like, you know, this conversation of like, you know, all these layers of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's mm-hmm. because what you're witnessing at the pulpit there, that's the anointing, dude. That's mm-hmm. God working through him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not some guy that's just trying to be like, you know, this all don't get me wrong he is a very knowledgeable man dude you'll learn that way if you go to israel with him when he starts spouting off all the all the stuff that he has just in his mind you know but what i'm saying is you know a big a big part of preventing that that we were talking about is is just not overly portraying yourself as like the answer man for everything because there's guys that have photographic memories dude Mm. they are anointed in that way those guys that answer radio station calls or whatever and they just have like everything burning in their mind Mm. But not every senior pastor has a photographic memory, you know, and like yeah. that. So, you know, just being real about what you're not and allowing the Lord to use. We talked earlier about struggles, temptations, yeah. uh, use inadequacies. If there's areas that you just are kind of slow, if you're a slow reader, don't try to hide that stuff. As a pastor, mm-hmm. as a teacher, as a servant of the Lord, don't try to like fall into that pressure of like hiding low things attributes about yourself because a good pastor should have these no dude let let your congregation be small because you're honest about those things let the ministry not grow super fast because you were just transparent because then when god does build what he does build dude and it is in his perfect will and the vessel is capable and has been honest with what god's calling him to do that's when ministry is what it should be bro beautiful you know and yeah um revert reversing back to the 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 point that i'm trying to make is to allow yourself to be effective with who god's bringing mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. what platform he's putting you on not what, what we're putting ourselves on you know mm-hmm. yeah i kind of want to share uh, yeah please you know what you were saying just now reminds me of jeremiah right you know a lot of what you're saying kind of you know like when you think about you know you use words like anointing anointing takes off it in a good way, it takes the focus off of us and puts it on the Lord. Mm. Because when you recognize the anointing in a pastor like Pastor Raul or, you know, Sal, when he's teaching, you know, it's it's the Lord, exactly how you're saying. And I think about Jeremiah, you know, and, you know, starting in verse, Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you, says, you know, the Lord, a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah, you know, responds saying, uh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all whom I send you. Mm -hmm. Kind of what you're saying right about yeah. the Lord brings these people that you're ministering to. Whom you know, I send you, not who you send whom yourself I, to. Yeah, that's yep. right. Yep. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. And he goes on later, you know, and says, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, you know, you know, you're a gifted speaker, Jeremiah, go ahead and figure mm -hmm. it out. You know, he says, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. And how many people, how many people listen to Jeremiah? He was literally called the weeping prophet, right? right. You know, how many people yep. listen to him? But God set him as a prophet anyway. Sure. He, and he yeah. wasn't aware that the word of God was being written. He didn't mm. know that his mm. his ministry yeah. would go on beyond a lifetime, you know, yeah. to, 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 to this very table, his ministry, mm. you know. So yeah. well, that's another thing, too, is that we're not aware of of the magnitude of what God is doing that we could see with our eyes. And we always as Christians are guilty of weighing out what God did with what we can perceive with our eyes. Right. Yeah. We, we, we testify to what a successful ministry is and, and we say, and, and we always look at the output, right? Mm -hmm. We always, that's what we mm -hmm. deem successful. Like how much people got saved, how much people showed up, but yet the Lord is deeming the magnitude on the, the vessels submission to him. The Lord it, picture God, dude, like he's looking down at all his little vessels, right? He has this guy, who even before he was saved, he could bring a hundred people with his talents, right? Music, whatever. He's a, maybe he's a funny comedian or whatever he was. Mm -hmm. So he has this guy in his tool belt and he, and he could draw a crowd before he was saved. And then he has this guy in his tool, tool belt. Who's got like a stutter and is super self-conscious. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that the all knowing, all powerful Lord notices is that every time he tries to ask this guy to do something, he, he does a percentage of it. Because he knows how to draw a crowd. He knows what he's going to do. So he's like, what do you want me to say, Lord? Um, Lord's like, well, in the book of Jeremiah. Oh, Jeremiah, I got it. I got, and he takes off running. Mm -hmm. But this guy over here, the stuttering one who can't draw an audience and has a speech impediment or whatever, this one over here, every time the Lord goes to tell him something, he's all ears and is 100% obedient. Mm -hmm. Which one does the Lord want to use more? You know, right? You guys know. I think everybody knows this is a better tool in the hand of the all because the, the craftsman I'm learning this in construction, the talented craftsman with his, with his little tool belt, with the old rusty little things that he's been working, the talented craftsman can do a better job than the newbie who bought all the top notch, top of the line tools, right? He's got the expensive belt on, he's got the expensive tool, this and that, and he's got all the same matching you know, set of all this other stuff, but he's not a good craftsman. So guess what? You put him on a job site and all his fancy tools, it's not getting the job done, right? You get this old school guy right here. He's got the same wrenches he's had all these years, a little tool bag, but he's the master craftsman. He's going to get the job done right. That's the guy you want to hire, right? Mm -hmm. So certainly there's no greater craftsman concerning ministry than the creator. 
right? And so the amazing thing that he's able to do, he's not looking for amazing tool set. He knows his capability. He's looking for the tool that is more surrendered to him, mm. right? That is more willing to do what the amazing craftsman is able to do yeah. in mm. his hand. That's all that the Lord wants. Why do we, why do we still think that, oh, if I was, if I was a little bit better in this area, if I was a little bit confident in this area, then God, why do we still fall victim to that lie of the enemy? Mm. It's not, it's not true. Yeah. And when we look at somebody and we raise them up, no, you know, he would be a better, a better choice to be the pastor of this church. You know, he's better at speaking naturally. He's better. That's the guy you should pay. What did hey, Moses do? Right? Exactly, mm. dude. Or it takes me back <laughs> yeah. to Saul, right? What happens mm. when people begin looking at the talents that we can outwardly mm. see? Yeah. That's our guy, you yeah. know? Mm. And it's like, mm. no, dude. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Wow. Man, compromise, bro. Yes. What's it called? Jeez, I've been thinking about compromise lately. I feel like this kind of relates to when these Christians, even ourselves at times, when we put ourselves in a place of temptation and stumbling, there's been times when I've allowed compromise to come in the form of Christian liberties mm -hmm. of like, you know what, God's given me freedom. I'm going to take it for yeah. what it is. And then in that little space of like, not in sin, but I'm in my Christian liberty. Satan will bring temptation in. And then suddenly it's like, rah, you fall, dude. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, man, there's, there's been times when the Holy Spirit's given me warning mm -hmm. that the Christian liberty that I'm allowing myself to partake in is leading to sin. Mm -hmm. And I've had to step back and be like, you know what? Like, I don't want that liberty. And I, and I think it's a message just that I'm, I'm trying to put in myself and train people up in right mm. now is like, you know what? Yeah, there's Christian liberties out there, but how is it expedient in your life? Mm. You know? Yep. And another mm. thing too is recognizing the things that are just not bringing us in into the spirit, right? Like the other day I had a situation happen to me. I was at, work and I, I was getting off super early and I, had, I was going to meet up with some friends and I was going to get off super early to be able to get there in time. And I didn't get to get off early because a lot of things went wrong on my job site. And when everything went wrong, one thing that particularly happened is a guy wanted to fight with me, literally oh. physically wanted to fight me. And, uh, you know, that's something that that's a little bit of my past dude. the violence or like, you know, and that was stirred in the flesh, like by that scenario, right? Like, like he stirred me far enough to want to fight him in return, you know? And, um, but you know, by God's grace, like it didn't have to go there. And, 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 and so, but what happened to me is, is the drive from, from that to where I was going was, 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 was in the flesh. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't about what music I was listening to. It was just, it was, I was just like, mm. you're replaying in your head the way somebody was talking to you or the way they were, the, what, you know, you're replaying that in your head and, and the things that were just under my skin and I'm driving and I'm in the flesh. Mm. I'm a sinner in this moment. I'm in the flesh. Right. So then I, I drive up to where my friends are at and I see them all right. And there's, there's even more in that, in that setting and scenario to, to try to add to, to try to poke at my flesh. There's even more things stacked on now. And I'm there and I'm, and, 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 and then I began to engage in a conversation, um, where everything that I was saying was true, 
everything that I was saying was biblical, everything that I was saying was right, and everything that I was saying was probably something that people need to know. But you know what I wasn't? I wasn't in the spirit. And what I couldn't see is I couldn't see that the person I was talking to was wounded. Mm. I couldn't see that in that moment because I wasn't in the spirit. Mm -hmm. I was in the flesh because I almost fought somebody, you know, moments ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God knows, dude, and he taught me in this day that I would trade the perfect words to say, the solid advice, solid, you know, I would trade all that for being in the spirit and knowing what's really happening in a scenario because the spirit of God is revealing it to me. And, and, and in that moment I wounded, I wounded somebody like, because they weren't, they weren't in a headspace to hear truth or instruction. They were wounded already. And what they probably needed was just a hug from a brother in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and to be lifted up in prayer. But there, you, you know, whenever you have talents or that you always show up with them, you know, Peter drawing a sword, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, like, oh, this is what I know. This is how mm. I know deal with a scenario, you know? And, mm. and, but, you know, that's very easy to see with things in the flesh, but it's hard when we're talented even with our words. Yeah. Because you show up to a scenario and you're drawing your sword and you happen to be drawing something that's true. I got information and knowledge and things that God's taught me and all these things I know. And, and, but, but yet the spirit, you're, you're in the flesh. Yeah. And so back to the, the, mm. the liberties, you know, like, I don't believe. <laughs> Christians can condemn other Christians so heavily, bro. Like, oh, oh, listen to that. You get in someone's car. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you know, it's Beatles, huh? Or whatever. The, we do that to each other, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sad. When, when the topic of liberties shouldn't be about us inspecting others. Mm-hmm. It should be about us inspecting ourselves yeah. and recognizing what things put us in the flesh straight up. Mm-hmm. What I needed to do when I got off that job site was to stop instead of being in a hurry to get somewhere to meet up with some friends. I needed to stop and be like, Lord, I need you to fix me. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm raged right now. And I need, I don't need to talk to anybody or go anywhere until I deal with you because the Bible says no one sins against man, but against his father who's in heaven. And mm-hmm. it's, this fleshliness is against you right now, Lord. That's what I needed mm-hmm. to do. I probably needed to put a, a sermon on, on the way home, dude, listen to some worship music and to just reset my mind and to walk up to this group of friends that I was meeting up with and just be in the spirit and just be and see them do be perceiving and that way by the time a question would have been asked me which was asked me then i could have approached that and i could have held my tongue and i could have just listened and i could have heard someone probably just needed to hug that person tell you the truth mm-hmm. you know but these are things you know it's so crazy i know you know this sammy like when you're involved in ministry the amount of layers as to what Satan is doing in this scenario, both in our own, in ourselves and in other people and all this stuff is, is it's impossible for us to be able to beat him. We don't fence Satan and like win because we're aware we're sharp. We only win when we just surrender to the Lord. We just fully just like, you know what, Lord, I'm just giving this 100% to you. 100%. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring, because in my case, remember back to what the story I just shared with you. Everything I said was right and true. Everything I said was right and true. You, he can attest mm-hmm. to that because just to let you guys know, he was actually standing there when this conversation happened. Yeah. Mm. But everything that I said was true, biblically mm. true, accurate, God's truth. But the one thing that was out of whack was I was not in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't perceiving what, what a person was going through, right? Yeah. And so, you know, 
how many times have amazing things that God is doing been stepped on? Because we're we know what we know we know we know what we're saying we know we you know but but yet to be in the spirit is to look at a scenario and be like "Mm." even even speaking truth right now is not Mm. how many times Jesus right he's with he's with Pilate how many how many truths could Jesus have said when he's like what is truth Mm. how many things could Jesus all knowing all knowledgeable how many things could Jesus have said when he was standing in front of all those people and they were shouting Barabbas right yeah how many things could Jesus have said that would have just turned the whole crowd they would have been tearing dude he could have just mentioned everybody's weakness I know your mom just passed away I know the people would have just he could have went there it would all been true but Jesus said nothing dude Hmm. right Mm. so so we're not always just to go to what we know yeah. or what we can do but to be in tune with what we should do it kind of reminds me you know i've been you know attending chino valley and they're going through the book of job right now and um you know you have job's friends right and they mm. are bringing all these accusations against him and they're talking about the wicked and they're talking about you know how <clears throat> god you know goes against the wicked and all these truths about what God is doing, exactly what you're saying. And the things that they're saying, they're true. They have mm. truth to them. Right. But mm. it's not. He's out of their own place. <laughs> you know, it's like, did they take time to see where Job's at? You know, Job's trying to give this defense, but they're like, no, you, mm. you know, like, let me just so spit solid, some bro. biblical truth at you. And it's, yeah that's, that's so exactly good. what that reminds me of <laughs> that's so good bro because i can tell you i can confess that when i was a young christian first time going through the book of job i was like oh i'm off because i can't even really see what's wrong with what they're saying like yeah. i couldn't discern in my i remember hearing pastors inflect push upon the text that like see these guys were out of line when they were saying this or mm. but when i would go home and read it i was like i can't i like it's true. I, in my heart, I couldn't I couldn't discern yeah. like what was wrong with what they were saying or why they were yeah. bad for saying that. But it's yeah. exactly this what you're talking about. Like, you know, it it it's they were out of tune. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what, what was happening. They didn't know that God had allowed yeah. Job. Like, yeah. remember Satan came and asked for yeah. permission. They didn't know that God was doing something. So all they could do is just read the scenario with their little ministry minds or whatever they thought they mm-hmm. knew. And be like, no, you know what? You need to do this. You need mm-hmm. to do that. How many times in us in ministry do you have we been wounded because, because, well, you need to. You just know you need to do A, B, C, and D. And mm-hmm. you're like, you know, in marriage, that's a big one, right? Like, yeah. I, I've heard every book, every sermon, I've heard them all. Oh, you need, you know, lovers, Christ loves the church. You need to do this and just do yeah. that. And if you do these things, read this book, yeah. you're fine. You know, <laughs> you not know? in my life, bro. Like, just being <laughs> yeah. real with you, like, <laughs> dude, I couldn't, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't learn enough or know enough. All I could do is just l- go to God and be like, I don't, I can't do anything. Yeah. You, you know? know, it's like we have this mentality of, oh, I have to say something. I, you know, this person's going through something and I have to be, mm. I have to have a response. But, you know, for one, you mentioned earlier, you know, it's okay to sometimes say, I don't know. And then, you know, the passage in James, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, mm. slow to anger. You know, and I, you know, even like with the anger, you know, you put that aside when someone's talking to you, you know, I mean, you don't want to put that aside, but in terms of like someone sharing something with you, I think quick to, quick to listen and slow to speak. Mm. That's, you know, mm-hmm. 
that's what everyone should follow. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just listening. What what are you going through? How you know like if God could just use you being there to minister to mm-hmm. someone, and you know, especially for those you know that have been involved in ministry. I've only been a believer for seven years, but you know, like I can imagine like you guys who have been in ministry for so long kind of just seeing this truth kind of play out. Like we think, you know, oh, that person's, you know, in ministry for this long. I have to talk to them because they're going to have an answer and they'll be able to tell me why I'm going through this. And sometimes it's just listening to them. Sure. I kind of want to pick your guys' brains um, on getting to that spot of like, okay, I want to be walking in tune with the spirit. Like, what are those things that perhaps, Sammy, like maybe that you can see yourself like maybe applying to your life to be able to put yourself in that abiding spirit? Well, I think um, this bit. Um, one of the things that I think is really important in abiding in Christ is just is just simply living for him. Um, uh I'm reminded of something that I've heard Pastor Rawl say to us in ministry. And he always said, you live by these three, three um, truths. You stay simple, you stay humble, and know God's word. Mm-hmm. That's so solid, mm-hmm. bro. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. And yet we make it hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do I? <laughs> you know, one of the, the thing hurdles that I one of the biggest hurdles in in my life has been myself, you know, because the more childlike your faith can be, the more pleasing it can be to the Lord. Mm. And my tendency is, as as some can tell that know me is, is the complexity of of my thinking, my mind, my, it's just, just so much layers and layers and layers of interruption about thoughts and, and, and yet it's been men like Sean McKeon, dude, in my life who have just, they like, it, Sean McKeon took me one time with him and there was this dude, he was set up, this guy was set up by the enemy like a snare for me, you know. He was he said all the right things to draw me in. But he, what he wanted to do was have a lengthy debate that would have no, that would have no conclusion. And Sean was able to just spot it. You know, I was, I was drawn in subject matter was enough and I was drawn in to engage this guy and and now we were there and and it took only like three minutes of Sean standing on the side he was like hey and if I had been in the in in prideful enough I would have been like no no I'm like I'm gonna like you know get this guy right now you know (laughs) and I looked at him and I was like this guy knows something I don't know right now like and I was like hey you know man I go look dude all I know is that the Lord loves you, bro. And I can't, I can't prove everything to you, you know, but, mm. and then, and then conversation was over. And when we got in the car, Sean McKeon said that dude, he's like, he's like, you know, man, he's all, you're an anointed dude. Like you're a gifted guy. He's like, but never forget, stay simple, stay humble, know the word. Mm-hmm. And I know who we got that from, you know, mm-hmm. and that's who that that's Sam, as Sammy said that that's something that Rawl teaches mm-hmm. everybody that's in his leadership. And it's crazy how like, you know, the Lord, I could have repeated it early in my ministry, like, 
in my calling, like, oh, stay simple, stay humble, know the, know the Lord. But the Lord had to drag me <laughs> through these chapters that were very difficult in order for that to become a truth in my heart, not just something I knew. You know, mm. I like Job, Lord, I have seen with my eyes. I mean, I had heard with my ears, but now I see with my eyes, you know, and I see in my own life that sometimes the complexity is not, is not the power, mm. like the, the deep thoughts that it's, it's the obedience to surrender. Mm. So a man surrendered to the Lord and the percentage of that man surrendered to God is the power, is his power, mm. you know, not, not a talented guy, you know, because from the outside, I, and when I talked about this a little bit earlier, but from the outside, I, a very talented man use, utilize, you know, with 10% of his surrender mm. is accomplishing big things because he's super talented or seems to be accomplishing big things mm. to what we can perceive. Mm. But you have a man who's fully surrendered to God. There's nothing that there's nothing that what did Chuck say? And I think D.L. Moody said it. Chuck heard it when he was a kid. He was like, I want to be that man. But then he, but then when he was older, he was speaking about that testimony and everybody was applauding him. He's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm sad to break your heart. I'm not that man. He said the world has yet to see a man he's, who is fully surrendered to the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The world has yet to see what God can do oh, through a man mm -hmm. who is fully yeah. surrendered to him. Mm -hmm. And he said the world has yet to see at the, this was towards the end. It was one of the last men's studies that he did. I mean, men's conferences that he did, you know, you know, the big men's yeah, conference. I went there with you. I remember that. That's and crazy. He, and we watched, dude, and we watched, he kind of rebuked people because when he mm -hmm. first yeah, said, I remember that. He, when he first said, you know, when I was a kid and I heard that, I heard that said, I said, Lord, I want that to be me. And when he said, I want that to be me, he got like a standing O. Mm -hmm. He got like a standing ovation. Like everybody stood up like, dude, you said that and you did it. In their minds, that's yeah. what was wow. happening. And I remember the Lord compelling me not to applaud. Mm -hmm. I, I just was like, no, like I, I sat there and I, mm -hmm. a lot of people did, dude. Like it was, it, everybody was just clapping for him. And he, it was crazy chuck fashion dude he like rode that out who's just watching them all and everybody's just applauding he's watching them yeah and he just like like hate to break your heart kind of thing you know he was just like i'm not that man wow. and everybody just dead silence silence yeah. i'll never forget you were there yeah. huh yeah silence dude and everybody's just standing there looking mm -hmm. at him and then he's like but i i uh what did he say i like i proclaim to you to one of you to you who are out there, the world has yet to see what God can do through a man mm -hmm. who is fully surrendered to him. Mm. And I, I remember sitting there in my young pride. I was like, yes, I'll do it. But <laughs> no, no, it turns out, dude, didn't even have, it wasn't even close, bro. I remember at that men's conference too, I remember Jack Hibbs went up and he gave a, a sermon. This is a men's conference full of yeah. a bunch of Christian men. There was like hardly any non-believers yeah. there. And he gave a sermon and kind of gave like a, an altar call at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And people were just like, yeah, like everyone was like raising their hands. And like, I remember like, it was so much where all the dudes start raising their hands where you feel like, I don't want to be the odd guy out. But I remember me, you, I remember Scott and there's a couple other guys, I think Israel, we were just sitting there like, kind of like, dang, like, is the church just like so desperately like, lost like not to and we weren't like being overly like 
oh, we don't need this. It wasn't that kind of moment for us. I think you can mm -hmm. attest to that. Yeah, and no, I remember sure. afterwards when we walked away, we just, because even Jack Hibbs, when he was mm -hmm. standing up there, he, he asked everyone, wait, wait, wait. Do you guys know like what, what you're raising your hand for? Like, do you understand he what I'm asking? He was talking about being slavery to sin. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. And, and that many people were standing there. And I remember, I remember thinking, at that point in my life, because you you get that, you, am I being prideful? You know, when they're like, who needs Jesus? You know, those vague questions that pastors like to ask, who needs Jesus right now? You know, it's like, well, I need, of course I need Jesus right now. Am I, am I, you want me to stand up, you know? But it wasn't, it wasn't that. He was saying enslaved to, mm -hmm. to a particular sin. And like all of these hands were up. And I remember we were like there, like, and I wasn't judging nobody. I was like all yeah. about it. But it, it was a, it was a, it was a surprising thing that was going on mm -hmm. in that moment but mm -hmm. back to what we started in this conversation about is like how many of those guys that were there only weeks prior or moments prior were just demonstrating how awesome they are in the lord in conversation mm -hmm. or something you know just like oh yeah dude the other day we went out and all these people got saved or whatever and now five minutes later and is the lord's revealing to you your hands up because you're enslaved to sin it's like the greatest testimony you could have is is to testify what God's really doing in your life, in your life, you know. And if not, if if you're not finding victory, guess what, dude? The Lord's not counting you out. Sit down and be honest. Just be honest, you know. Just look before the Lord. Lord, I'm I'm trash, man. I'm, but I'm not certainly not gonna go chasing some platform, right? I'm not gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna be the next, you know. No, nah, man. I'm just gonna be honest, and I'm. And maybe your testimony could be even greater. Maybe this is for somebody out there listening, you know. Maybe your testimony could be even greater that instead of chasing a platform and a catapulting of ministry, you you halted that because you wanted to be honest. And the work that God did in your life in that season turned you into the real thing. Mm. Mm. And then what God did from you from then on wow. was a beautiful thing, right? And that's what that's really mm. what we all want, you know. Which it kind of brings me maybe to another question with for you guys. Like, what is your your vision going forward from where you at are at now hmm. that's a tough one huh? i want to go on that oh, you can go first sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know this kind of brings me back to you know i kind of mentioned earlier i was kind of going through something this latter half of 2020 and um kind of going to december i just remember thinking to myself i was like i just want to go back to a complete focus of the lord complete focus on him you know like all that I know, I don't know, you know, and then I, you know, think about all this, you know, quote unquote, man's wisdom that I've attained over the years. And, you know, it's, I think about what Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, right? He's like, you, you know, you guys do all these things, you know, you, you guys are good. I commend you for this. But what I have against you is you've left your first love. You know, you, you left your first love. Where's your focus? Is your focus on doing these things for the Lord or is it on the Lord and then doing these things? You know, and like vision, I don't even want to say the vision I have because the only vision I have is, you know, and I want to say this with humility is following what God wants me to do. I, you know, I, I remember telling Sammy this and I think I might have told you all back, but. I had this situation a while back where I was getting off work and I cut this guy off, you know, 
Um, and it was right before the freeway. I cut him off, and we ended up at the red light, and he was right behind me. <laughs> and this guy, you know, the guy behind me, he's in this pickup truck, and he opens the door. Mm. Oh, wow. And all I see is kind of some black pole, something like that. I don't know what it was. But then, like, he kind of hesitates and closes the door again. And we were, must have been at that light for like a minute after that. Or hours, it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I remember just sitting there kind of oh. like, oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And um, I, th- I thought to myself, I was like, I don't know if I could have like either died right there <laughs> or this guy would have just hit my car. But, hmm. you know, I, you know, we have this. I had this over glorified idea of what god wants to do in my life you know it's like oh god wants to you know use me to teach his word he wants to use me to create this awesome thing or lead worship here whatever it is however big however small my idea of what god wants to do in my life is just my idea it's just that it's my human understanding and i was thinking i was like if i had died right there like you know if i had died what if someone and i know it's weird thought you know just for cutting some guy off but i um i was kind of thinking like if i have all these thoughts of how god's going to use me but if i had died right now could god have used my death to bring my family to the lord Mm -hmm. could god have have used that to Hmm. bring someone else to him (laughs) you know as i was going through that thought process i was like i'm literally nothing i'm i'm trash again without the lord but that focus going back to the lord like i was like god could use me for whatever he wants to use me for and i just have to be obedient i just have to be willing you know like isaiah 6 you know who who can i send and isaiah says here i am like lord i just want to serve you Mm -hmm. if you need me (laughs) like Mm want to be there Mm -hmm. and you know, this worship thing with Sammy, you know, we've been talking a lot and, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is just simply worshiping the Lord, simply focusing on him and what he's doing, what, who he is, you know, um, you know, take it from You know there. what? I gotta, I gotta say, Afi, that's, it, it warms my heart to hear you say that. And I, cause I love when you have shared your vision with me in the past and I was about the things that you've shared with me in the past. But to hear you break it down to you just being a servant of the Lord, it's like, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, man. Yeah, Sammy. Cool. Um, well, I was trying to figure out the right answer to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no. I, don't, I don't know, Sal. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, honestly, like, and I think that's probably the reason why, like, Appy and I, like, kind of, because we both came from, um, the, at the end of this year, just really different circumstances where God was really moving in our, in both of our lives and different things. And I know for me, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds. And I'm just, one thing I did tell the Lord, that did ask the Lord, rather not tell the Lord, but I did ask him, you know, help me to like change my my heart and change my perspective on things because you know this year um obviously like we had you know the pandemic and all the shutdowns and that and i just 
the the Lord was really renewing my sense of what the people were were feeling at the time, you know, throughout all of last year. And I was really asking the Lord, Lord, give me a, give me a sense of the feeling for the people. Help me to really see what they need. And throughout all of 2020, the Lord was revealing to me, like, the people are fearful. Mm-hmm. You need to, like, you, like, we're going to do songs of, like, bring, you know, at first it was, you know, like the ba- Battle Belongs and those kind of tunes that, like, really would encourage people to, like, stand up and fight. But at the same time, like, later on, like, the lyrics are really like, no, there are people that are hurting mm-hmm. and you really need to just show them my love and help them experience it. And that was where, and that was what, uh, honestly, for me, that was what I know I needed, I needed to do. And I needed to hear from myself because, um, you know, change, you know, change, change is a very, very interesting thing. We have a hard time adapting to change Mm -hmm. sometimes. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, like change, you know, I have, I do have a hard time with, with change at times. And it's easy for me to kind of like take a step, step back and be and want to be like no this is what i know and this Mm -hmm. is what i believe in but um you know if god's moving you know who am i to stand in the way of that Mm -hmm. and the lord's been really this year just really renewing my sense of you know wanting to bring more glory to him and wanting to come back to that simplicity Mm -hmm. really come to that sincereness of heart Mm -hmm. not that not that i don't have it now or that i never did have it but just the idea that we can get caught up in stuff in ministry. We can get caught up in a lot of um, different things going on in our lives that we go through, you know, on the, on the daily. And when we come back to that sense of just who God is and recognize who he is, um, I think the Lord really begins to refine us. Mm. And we're consistently going through that refining process. Mm-hmm. It's something that we don't ever really get out of, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's lifelong. <laughs> it's lifelong. And if there's anything I've learned in ministry is that you're never done with the process until you go and be with Jesus. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. the bottom, that's just the bottom line truth. And, and I think the, and I think mm-hmm. the more we realize as people in ministry and as guys in ministry, you know, it, it's, it's going to be easier for us to, to, to live the life. Mm. Sure, we're going to fall. We're going to miss the mark. We're going to, we're going to fall flat on our faces. But that's why God's there, because he picks mm. us up and he keeps us going. Yep. And I've been learning that a lot as of late mm. in, in my own life. A lot, mm. a lot. Because the Lord has had to really, he's had to put me in my place. <laughs> and, and I've had to see that. And I've had to see that. And you know what? I thank God for it. Yeah. I truly thank God for it. That's- because... Yeah, that's maturity. That's what that's like what a younger Sammy couldn't thank God for probably, Mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy. Um, On that note, you know, when I when it comes to the 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 servant, right, Mm -hmm. the 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 minister, though, like servant, right, like you're, Mm -hmm. we're, we're all four of us called ministry. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the minister, like if if you set him up and you put five categories in front of him mm-hmm. and you look at who he is and you say, man, this, this minister, he really is going to excel in, in, in three of these categories, right? Like he's, man, you put him here, you're going to see bloom. Like it, it's beautiful to watch this minister in this setting. Right. Mm. But it's interesting that 
what's changed in my heart after going through the fire. And if you go through the fire of heartbreak and, and trial in that kind of way, it'll change you. But what's changed about my prayer is I used to try to pray myself out of those avenues that I'm not going to excel in. Right. So as I mentioned earlier, there'd be like five different avenues and three of them, this person excels at and two of them, they struggle in. But is it not the gracious God that needs to develop the areas that we don't excel in? Is that not the work of the gracious, loving God to, to prepare us for eternity where we're going to be forever to put us in the places where we don't just excel because that's where he's going to do work in our hearts and on us. Because man, you put me in this area right here. It's, it's, it's a duck to water, baby. Like, mm. let's go. This feels good. I'll, I'll flow all day long and bless you Lord and bless your people. And the Lord's like, and again, I used to pray myself. I used to try to pray myself out of mm. those tough ones and into those places where I flow. But let me tell you, man, like, I have developed understanding for people that I formerly couldn't even understand as I've stood in the uncomfortable seats that God has put me in, in the places of inadequacy and frustration and un misunderstanding. And God has given me understanding about people that I never understood before. And it, and it's humbling. It is humbling, you know, but, but I digress, man. The Lord mm -hmm. is good. You know, like, <laughs> He, he, he has a, he has an amazing plan and he'll put us in places where we, where we will, we will grow in the areas we're weak. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. One thing I want to share before I, I'll let Mike ask our last question, but one thing I want to share is um, when Jesus talks about being the true vine, mm. so I'm the true vine, you are the branches. Mm. When I look at that, it's for the branches and the fruit is the work, right? Mm. All we do is simply abide. He plants us where he wants to plant us. Mm. His Holy Spirit does the work of sanctification in our lives, mm. salvation. Mm. When we simply are just connected to him, the fruit is going to come up. Mm. And it's going to come up if he wants to plant us, attach uh, for the branch and he wants to attach us to an orange tree, then why are we trying to make apples come mm. out of oranges, you know? Mm. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> It's a word that I learned and I use it often. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Guys, we always close our, our podcast with one final question. We want to, we certainly don't want to miss that. Hmm. And so that is, uh, how can, how can I pray for you? So I'm going to start with Sammy. Sammy, if you cross my mind, your, your face drifts through my head. Sure one day. Not just because I'm across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about it even other times, dude. Well, how, how can I pray for you, bro? Oh gosh. You really want to know? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I do. Oh, oh. Um, no, uh, to, to whatever degree you want to share. Sam. Well, you know, I, I, I just could really use some prayer. Um, I mean, just in life, you know, I'm, I'm in school right now and it's my last semester and I just really want to finish strong and God's been good. But, you know, as of late, I've been dealing with a lot of stress, mm. um, because I have so much on the plate. I mean, I'm teaching practically full time. I'm going to school practically full time and, you know, worship's been is is actually being taken care of and i see how god is using using those pieces to fit because i'm able to you know still do what i'm doing but just prayer for that yeah. and prayer for me to just 
be open. And I think, cause I've had a lot of talks with a lot of close friends of mine within the last couple of weeks. And I've been seeing within myself where God's pointing out areas in my life where that I need to work on mm-hmm. in terms of like laying down, laying down who I am and just coming back to that servant's mm-hmm. heart. And I think if anything, it's just for me to have continue to have that servant's heart mm-hmm. and to realize like, like, and I know it's cliche because when you're in ministry, it's a, it's a given that you're serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we all can testify to mm-hmm. that, but when you get caught up in the aspects of serving the ministry, that's where it takes the turn. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like, I just need to get back to that middle part mm-hmm. of just service to him. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest prayer I think that I could Absolutely. use. How about you? How can we pray for you, Abby? Okay. I have a couple actually. Um, Almost kind of still going that topic of ministry, you know, I um, found myself kind of kind of relates with this question Sal asked earlier about vision, you know, um, I, my biggest prayer is to get myself out of my own head, you know, you mentioned earlier that <laughs> my biggest stumbling block, you know, that's the same case for me, you know, where I'm like, well, I know I want to do this and I want to do this and, but, you know, um, my prayer is to continue to kind of be in that place of being open to what the Lord has for me. One of the things that kind of has been on my heart lately has been having a Bible study of some sorts. You know, I know I've mentioned it to Sal and I've mentioned it to Sammy and um, I've been praying about that. But then at my job, I have a coworker, you know, this is a couple of weeks ago. I had a coworker kind of come up to me and she, she was saying, no, she's our substance abuse counselor at our job. And she has mentioned you know, I would, you know, really like to have a Bible study here and worship and mm. things like that. And she sings, but um, she was like, you know, and I would really like to have like a Bible study, like where we can go through the word and things like that. And um, I was like, well, I have a guitar and I can help lead worship and stuff. And then she's like, do you teach also? <laughs> and I was like, I have taught in the past. And she's like, would you want to teach? I was like, okay. <laughs> and then wow. I, I was kind of in a place of like, you know, I hadn't been teaching since about August at this point, you know. Um, so, you know, we, you know, I had to ask my my bosses at this point and, you know, they have a certain worldview and, you know, sent out a prayer request and they were open to it. They were like, yeah, you guys can have this Bible study and worship, you know, just make it two hours and, you know, it shouldn't be forced for anyone to go. And I was like, two yeah. hours, that's like longer than most church services. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we did it and it was awesome. It was a blessing. And then, you know, I didn't think of it as like a re- reoccurring thing, but it was brought up again. Like, hey, you guys need to have this Bible study here at the you know site mm-hmm. again at the shelter. And um, I'm praying, you know, I'm praying mm-hmm. again that, you know, this is something that God's doing in the hearts of my clients, the people I work with mm-hmm. at this shelter, you know, who've come from different places, from the streets, you know, and the ones that do come, you know, they're searching for Jesus. And I pray for them. And I pray that, you know, as we've been talking in this time, that God's work would be done in their lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, praying for this Bible study at my job, for my clients that I work with, you know, there's so many. We've gone through a lot in these 
last two months of 2021 as as it is so praying for that and then the other thing i would say is just you know well for sammy in this sense sammy and i in this both sense we're working on this kind of project of writing worship songs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i pray that we never lose sight of the fact that what is worship about yes you know like you know we're you know earlier brandon mcpeak was brought up and he brought up a really good point to you sammy and i it was this idea of you know being able to minister to people in the songs and we're talking about that topic of worship and um in this project we're working on may it just glorify the lord may Mm -hmm. you never have a sense of you know oh we just need to write a banger of a worship song so to speak Mm. you know but Mm. bring something that just worships jesus and brings the people to worship jesus yeah coming back to the idea of of simplicity Mm. Mm -hmm. that was so good yeah we get it Mm -hmm. we got it let's pray guys father thank you so much for this conversation and just the way it always is like we just get to hang out and really just true fellowship and then and then to give that over to some people that may be needing it and they, they could just join in at this table. I pray, Lord, that when they do listen, that they would get that sense that they could just come and join in and listen, be a part of the conversation. Um, and I pray Lord, also, Lord, if there's anybody that desires to reach out, that they would not hesitate and they would just reach out and find out how approachable we can be. I pray specifically um, right now, Lord, for Sammy. I, I just... I thank you for this time, Lord, of getting to know him. As long as mm-hmm. I've known him, something happens when we sit at this table with people. We just get to know them in a deeper way. And mm-hmm. and so I lift him up to you right now, and I ask God that you would give him that, that heart of full surrender, Lord. Um, I thank you so much for his transparency and his, his ability to be able to share all of these things and these nuggets that he's learned. and. Mm-hmm. And I just pray for him, Lord, that in the season that that has difficulty and trial and, and change, he talked about change, Lord, that that you would teach him to walk through change, holding your hand and seeing the, the, the difference of who you're turning him into and through even trial that you're, you're molding him. And I just pray that you help him, Lord, encourage him. You give him that wisdom, Lord, and that you he would heed your voice always. Mm-hmm. And that you give him strength that he didn't formerly have, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. And I just pray for him, Lord. I just pray for him to hear your voice so, so clear. And for Afi, Lord, I thank you so much for his approach, Lord, and, and his ability to listen, be a listener, and and the, the many things that you taught him, Lord, in his life and, and in him coming to know you, Lord. I know that um, he, wants, he wants discernment with, with what it is that you're calling him to do. I pray that you would be very clear mm. about what your voice yes. is and not just what good encouragement is or what people's ideas are, but your voice, Lord. Mm. And I pray that he would willfully walk through doors that you open in front of him and that he would be aware of what is you and what is man. And mm. I pray um, I pray also, Lord, for just his heart and his mind, Lord, that, that mm. as, as we talked about, our, our overthinking that can get in our own way at times and... Mm. And I thank you for both of these these guys and their friendship with one another and the way that they've been able to help each other out. I pray that you would continue to do that work between them with each other. You would grow an awesome work. And I pray for the 
worship that you're placing in their hearts, Lord, that mm-hmm. this perspective of, of simplicity and truth. But most of all, Lord, I know, I know inevitably, and me and Sal have talked about this, and many people come on here, Lord, is there is a page turning, and there is a new work that you desire to do. And we know that the time for you to come mm-hmm. is drawing near, and we want to willfully become what you're turning us into and what you desire out of worship and ministry from here Mm -hmm. forward and that we wouldn't just turn to our ideas of what we know what works but that we would be open and moldable by your holy spirit leading and guiding us and that we would stay simple lord and that we would serve people with what you've anointed us to do and so i pray this in jesus name Mm -hmm. amen amen Amen. 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 all right that's a wrap wrap. thanks guys